You are about to hear a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available. I want to cap off our, um, our month of the theme of stewardship today and talk about that a little bit and, uh, and just finish that off. I had a Bible there, right there. And I guess if I was to talk about stewardship, I want to go back to the very beginning in the book of Genesis as to what stewardship is all about prior to the fall of man. I think if you're going to know what our true purpose is, you go back to the beginning, find out what God said from the beginning, and go back to that. In verse 28 of chapter 1, the Bible says, then God blessed them and God said to them, who's he talking about? Who's them? Adam and Eve, right, representing the whole of humanity. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over, our every, li- over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now this encapsulates or embodies what stewardship really is. For some people, they think stewardship is managing or just maintaining something. That's actually not what this verse is talking about. For some people, think stewardship is is just giving. Because some of you have been taught that stewardship is about what you release. Although that might be part of stewardship, it's not all of stewardship. When you go back to what God said about stewardship is this. God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth in particular, for man or humanity to take care of for God. And there are two key elements of stewardship that God spoke about. One of those elements is dominion. What's dominion? Is for, for some of us, we think dominion is, you know, sort of, you know, being dominant over all creatures, but that's not what it's talking about. To have dominion over something means to have, uh, uh, what do you call it, Overs- uh, an oversight over, over what God has given you, that you take care of it, that you make sure that you nurture it. Why would you take care of something and nurture it? Because the second aspect of stewardship is multiplication. When God gives you something to take care of, there's always an element of increase in what you take care of. Amen. Come on, are you hearing me? What God gives you, He expects you to increase that. That is a biblical principle that we see in Genesis, that God commanded Adam and Eve. But it's also a biblical principle that Jesus Himself functioned in, and also in telling us the parable of the talents, which I talked to you about last week, was actually one of the expectations that God has given His people. One of my favorite um, stories in the Bible is the feeding of the 5,000. It's recorded in the book of Matthew and and the book of Mark and also the book of John. Oftentimes when preachers preach on this, they preach in the first two books, but not so much in the book of John. But I'm going to go into the book of John. In 
just give you some spiritual principles really quickly this morning. And, uh, and my prayer for you today is that you capture these principles in your life and begin to see a different perspective of what your life looks like, what your family looks like, and the resources that God has given you and begin to see them through the filter of stewardship. What does God require? God requires two things in stewardship, to have oversight, care, and nurture. That's what dominion is. Dominion means that your resources don't control you. Some people are controlled by resources. How do I know if I'm controlled by resources? By when, when, I, when I'm time poor, my time is controlling me. Come on, are you hearing me? When, when I can't, when I don't have margins in my, in my, in my, in my, in my uh, finances, it begins to control me. Limitations control you. Fear controls you. Resources are not meant to control you. You're meant to have dominion over it. I've heard someone say once that money makes a great slave, but it makes a terrible master. All right? When you can no longer serve God because, you know, you're, you're, you're doing too much that's so oriented toward your resources. You know, God does not want, God wants you to have a perspective of your whole life in context of the kingdom, not isolated in that one particular area. All right, John chapter 6, six verses 1 to 13. Just going to read it to you quickly. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting his up his eyes then, and seeing that the large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, somebody say Philip. Jesus particularly addresses Philip. We will find out why a bit later on. He says, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Philip was a logistics guy. He was the guy that worked out logistical strategies for the disciples, for the ministry. He was the guy that worked it all out. And Philip says this, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each. He knew exactly how much it spent. Amazing, right? Would not be enough to feed them. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, there is a boy here. Who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Andrew was the resource guy. They kind of try to find out what's what's happening. Jesus actually asked Andrew deliberately in, in the book of Mark. And Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down about five hundred, five thousand in number, just the men. The estimate is actually about fifteen to twenty thousand people that day. Okay, the Bible only recorded 5,000 men. Here we go. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. How much? Say it again. As much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing 
may be lost. What is Jesus displaying here? Stewardship. Part of stewardship is not wasting what God gives you. Come on, are you hearing me? Part of stewardship is not wasting. I, you know what I hate? Uh, I hate waste. I, so when my kids have leftovers in their plates, guess who eats it? So this amazing body of mine is a result of good stewardship. Because I'm eating leftovers all the time. Robert knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right? You know, I, I was taught you never to waste anything growing up. Finish your plate. Who knows what I'm talking about? And so, but for some reason, we haven't been really diligent in teaching our kids to finish their plate. So I end up, you know, so, so I realize that I won't eat too much just in case there's leftovers, right? But Jesus is really concerned about leftovers. Let me tell you something about the nature of Christ and the nature of God in your life. God wants to make sure that every margin you have is used for the benefit of the kingdom. Every cent matters to God. Every, the smallest thing in your life matters to Him because a time is going to come when God is going to ask of you where are the small things that He has handed you. How do we know that? While they were walking along the road, Jesus said, did any of you bring the bread and the fish? And the disciples forgot it. And they, they, were, they, were, they were kind of sort of blaming each other. Did you bring it? No, I didn't. Did you bring it? I thought you brought it. I said, oh, we're in trouble again because we didn't bring it. God requires what he gives us from us. Amen? <laughs> so, so Jesus said, pick them all up. And how many were, did they gather plates? Twelve baskets. Why? Because there's twelve disciples. Why twelve? Because twelve represents order and government. Ultimately, what stewardship does for you in your life, it brings your life into order. Oh, come on, somebody. That's what stewardship does. When you're not stewarding your finances and your time and your energy and your body, guess what? Your life goes out of order. Come on, are you hearing me? Right, you can you can carry on as much as you like and spend as much as you like, but a time's gonna come your life will come out of order because you're not taking care of the small things. What's the what's the old saying? Take care of the cents, and the dollars will take care of themselves. Is that is that how you say it? I think that's how you say it. And so here here it is. We see this amazing miracle. So what's what's the key to this? I think. What underscores this whole miracle is, is one thing that you can't take away from stewardship, and that is faith. You actually cannot be a good steward unless you understand faith, because faith will require works. Faith requires trust. Faith requires to see the unseen. And faith requires for you to believe that God is able. When you're a steward and, and, and there's limitations and, and fear in your life and there's all kinds of reasons why it can't happen, stewardship requires the kind of faith that causes heaven to stand still and its power displayed on the earth. That's what faith does. Faith is that 
portion. When the world says no, God says yes. Faith allows you to see the yes of God. When everything else around you says no. Come on, are you hearing this? <coughs> I remember growing up when we, you know, as you know, we, we came from a very stringent Catholic background. And my mom didn't really know. My parents and relatives didn't really know what was this new religion that we got into, which is the Pentecostal movement at that time in the Philippines. And, and we used to hide, uh, you know, that we were going to church. We were persecuted by all our families because I remember, maybe my mom doesn't remember this, but I remember when I got saved, I tried to tell everybody about Jesus. And it didn't make sense to a Catholic because you already knew Jesus as a Catholic. And I was preaching the gospel to people. I think some of my relatives thought I was crazy. But I remember, you don't know this, mom, but we escaped at 3 in the morning uh, because we were going to get baptized. And we, we, we jumped in this Jeep and we went on the, on the provinces so that we would not get in trouble. And we got baptized in water uh, and, and had to go through the rapids, almost got taken by the rapids uh, as we crossed this, this fast-moving river. And we got baptized with the church at that time. So, but one thing that we used to do all the time, my sister and I, where's Vanalu? Somewhere. What we used to do, you remember this? We used to pray that we would be allowed to go to church, right? And we used to pray that we'd be allowed to go to church events and, and all this. And we would, we would intercede like you would not believe. And, and we just said, we, we just believe it's going to happen. And because we knew that my parents would say no. Right? They would say no to us and we just believe. And you know what? By the grace of God, my mother said yes. And eventually, she didn't only say yes. She came to church with us. Amen? And what she didn't realize that as a devout Catholic, her prayers were being answered a different way. God was making, God was making a way for renewal in our home front because even before she had the full understanding of the Word of God, she understood the Spirit of God. And sometimes religion does that. Religion blocks us from fully understanding God. And so, as we look through this passage of Scripture, I want to give you some truth this morning. The reason I want to give you these, because I don't want you to be afraid anymore when it comes to stewardship. I don't want you to be afraid to give. And I love what you said this morning about getting perspective and giving. Because it's, it's, it's bigger than what you're doing. Is it not? I don't want you to be afraid about taking risks when it comes to stepping out in business. I don't want you to be afraid and, and taking risks and, and making a change in your life. Pastor Trevor just made a big change in his life after 25 years in the same job. And he just jumped in there. I don't want you to be afraid anymore when God gives you something. I don't want you to, to say to God, I don't have enough time to do that, so I won't do that. I don't want you to say to God, I don't, I'm not strong enough to do that, so I won't do that. I don't want you to say to God, I don't have enough money, so I won't give. I want you to stop saying those things that prevent you from becoming the, 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 the good steward that God has called you to, 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 to be. Because every time that we allow our fears and our doubt and our limitations to stop us from moving forward, we miss out not only on who we be are becoming, we miss out on becoming the kind of blessing that God's called us to be. Amen. Are you doing okay? 
Now understand that stewardship is more than money. It's about your, your, your time, your time is precious, your body, and your finances. All right? Can I just say one more thing that's really, really important about stewardship? It's the word surrender. My, my wife talked about surrender on Mother's Day so well. But really, it's really underscored with both faith and surrender. It's the understanding that everything belongs to God. And that ultimately, even my time, that belongs to Him. Since the Word of God tells us that it is He who redeems your time. I was discipling a, a young man years ago, and uh, I told him to spend, before you do anything, spend time with God on your knees. Just spend time with Him, read your Bible, pray replenish your spirit and get ready for the day and he he was kind of sort of balking at it eventually he did it and he said something really interesting he says you know pastor you know i realized something he said but but whenever i give time to god first i have more time during the day but whenever i don't i'm rushed and i'm stressed come on and hear me and it looks like the day is just going so fast I'm just working as hard as I can, and I'm going nowhere. And I said, there you go. Don't have to say much about it. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here you go, 20 points. <laughs> Only four. <laughs> and I'm going to do it real quick. This is all in John chapter 6. To be a good steward, four things you need to know. You need to understand. And you need to learn to trust Jesus that he knows what he's doing. You get me? Just hold up on the, on the piano for a minute. Is that, that's okay. <laughs> you can stay there. I'll, I'll, you can stay there. You make the stage look better. Trust that Jesus knows what he's doing. Do you get that? You may not trust yourself. You may have doubt about your ability, but trust that God knows what he's doing. This is what happens in, in, in John chapter 6 verse 9. Uh, it says, and there's a boy here that has five loaves and two fish. But what, what are they for so many? Andrew, oh no, sorry, I got the wrong verse. In verse 6, rather. Jesus said, he said this to test him. When he says, you feed them, he said this to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. When Jesus challenged their faith, he didn't challenge their faith because they had weak faith. He wanted to know what was in their heart because Jesus already knew what was, what was going to be the end result. You need to learn to trust God, that he knows what he's doing. Come on in here. God knows what he's doing. You may not know what you're doing right now. When I became a pastor, I had no idea what to do. But I knew that God knew why he called me. You know how many prayers I had? God, you got me into this. You're going to take me out of this. This is your fault. No, I didn't just say it that way, but, you know, I had days and I said, God, I'm in this because of you. 
Number two, human strategy is important, but it's not always the answer. Andrew looked at two people in particular for this. He looked at Philip and says, what do you think, Philip? He goes, 200 denarii worth of bread. Not enough. And then it turned to Andrew. He said, what do you got? <laughs> he says, five loaves. Jesus does not give them an answer. He just says, make the people sit down. There's something going on here. There's something, something is about to happen here. That margin of the supernatural that we have to give God room for is in the wildest thing. Thanks, Linka. <laughs> give her a hand. Good job. We appreciate you. Are you with me? Am I saying not to strategize? Of course not. But there are just some things in our lives that it requires revelation beyond strategy. Mind you, beyond without strategy, you know, stewardship without strategy is irresponsibility. You gotta have a financial plan for your home. Because stewardship without without planning is foolishness. But planning can just go so far, too. Where God's plan completely hijacks human planning. So the point is, do we have room in our planning for the Holy Spirit to do something that we cannot do or achieve? See, that's what stewardship is. Because when God says to Adam and Eve, go forth and multiply, they only did what was natural for them. But God has imparted them with, plants don't grow because of what we do, but because of what God does that we can't see. The whole biology of living organisms happened because of the miracle of God, not because of who we are. Or what we can do. We are participants and contributors by all means in the process of increase. But ultimately, it is the miracle of God that brings forth life. Amen? Number three, God doesn't provide just enough. He doesn't just show up sometimes. God shows off. Come on, are you hearing me? Why is that? Because God always wants us to be reminded that He is God. That He is beyond human imagination. That He is beyond human expectation. He doesn't just show up. He shows off. And I like the God who shows off. How do I know that? God said, let there be light. There you go. That's the kind of God we serve. He speaks, it happens. Number three. Number four. I actually have five points, but, but it's okay. We got time. The little you got is more than enough when God is in it. 
You can never limit God with your limitations. All he needs is opportunity and surrender. Are you hearing me? Seeds are powerful because of what is in them. Because of the miracle that is waiting to happen within the seed itself. And the kingdom of God, Jesus said, is like a mustard seed. Come on, somebody. Doesn't matter how you start, where you start, what you got. When God is in it, he can do something with what you got that will blow your mind. And take you to places you've never thought of. Just because you surrendered it. And finally, I want to say this to you. Ultimately, what God wants to do is use you as a channel of his blessing to bless others, to bless your nation, and to bless the nations of the world. How's that? Jesus could have just turned up and said, give me that bread. Give me that fish. Here we go, boys. Like Thanos. <laughs> okay, Iron Man, man, all right. <laughs> he could have just snapped his finger. You don't need infinity stones to do that. Because he is infinity, right? Just snap his fingers and everybody would have fed. Everybody would have seen in their own baskets why there had to be 12 baskets. Because God is a God of order and He does things according to the spiritual order and His miraculous way and His sovereignty. And He needed to use His disciples because there's a lesson to be learned here. And the lesson is this. If you give something that is in your hand, He gives it back to you after He blesses it, after He breaks it. He hands it over because you are God's channel for a miracle. He's not going to do it for you. When he gave the fish and the loaves, they were broken pieces. Chopped up the fish, chopped up the bread, and gave the disciples a little portion each. They only had a small basket. Think of the miracle, how it happened. They didn't carry a big basket for 20,000 people, 15 to 20. They had a little basket with little morsels. And the miracle took place when? When they reached into the basket and they gave it away. When they reached in and they gave it away. And they said, oh. There's, they look and there's more. And they reached in again and they gave it away. And they reached in and they kept giving it away. And they just keep reaching in and giving it away. And they keep reaching in. Come on, come on. Are you seeing what stewardship is? Multiplication is not about what you can work out. It's about what God is working in you. He's limitless. So whatever it is that you have in your life that's causing blockages for you, surrender it. And see what he will do with the little that we have. Amen. I'm so excited for us as a church. Because, you know, we are about to embark on getting our first property for our headquarters so we can keep planting churches and reaching the lost and, and helping our community. That's what church is about. 
you know, we made an offer on a uh, on a house here, and not so long ago, and we're, we managed to get that for six hundred and thirty thousand. But we realized that the market, if you get something else, much, you know, that that is livable, you're gonna have to spend more, and that looked like a miracle. But now we're gonna have to target for something probably that's going to require a bigger miracle. How many can believe for that? Yes, it's going to require you to reach from your basket and put something in. That's true. But God can multiply it. And not only multiplication for the church, but for your life as well. I'm believing that for you. As you continue to invest into the kingdom of God, he will continue to give you amazing opportunities in your life. So, so you know, right now we are, we're looking at a few more properties, and I'm believing for a miracle of God. And as soon as we, we are able to, to get that, we'll let you know. And we are so blessed by our membership that's given us as a board and property committee to pursue this. And uh, it's very, very exciting days ahead of us. Amen? Amen? So this message is not just for you. It's for us, for the board for the eldership, it's for me. Let's not limit God. Let's take care of what he's given us. Let's surrender it to him. Let's see him perform a miracle. I want God to show off in church tomorrow. Come on, somebody. How many of you can believe that? Amen? Bless the Lord. Amen. You can close your eyes and bow your heads as we finish this morning. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the fire of God in our men, for the torch bearers you brought here today. Let us be not just bearers of your fire or carriers of your fire, but let us be people that would pass on your fire. So Heavenly Father, I pray for abundance in this house. Father God, break the spirit of poverty in our minds, in our hearts. That we can become the good steward you call us to be. That we will not be a slave to time, to energy, or to our resource, but we will have dominion over the things that you have given us. But even so, Father, I pray that we will see the miracle of multiplication in this house, in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. Give the Lord. You have just listened to a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available.